Hello and welcome to episode 52 of El Vanilo, the podcast that looks at the greatest albums of all time and compares them to music today. My name is Matt and with me, they're here to ask the one important question that we're all thinking. How does Bob Marley like his donuts? Adam and Grace. <laughs> we're jamming! Straight off the bat of the dad oh, joke. I love it. What a great joke. That's it. I was watching a little, you know, we've been on this kind of roll of, you know, Peter Kay-esque jokes and thought, and I thought I'm going all in this just week. Just keep it up. I'm going to dive in, yeah. Forget just a bit of Clinton Baptiste. I'm going <laughs> straight in the deep end. So, yeah. How are you, Adam? I'm good. A little bit tired. A little bit tired, I think we all Um Yeah. Uh, but I'm, I'm good. I'm good. Strange mood because I've been up since eight and and just. Yeah. Are you okay? Don't know. I'm fine. I'm. 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 I'm, I'm Did fine. you have breakfast? <laughs> no, I never have breakfast. But I, I feel like I really should have, should have gone to like Little Bakery or something like that. Do you not have some uh, bread I'm in? Like... Have, have a bit of toast. Yeah, I do have some bread in. I, I've not looked That's at the it. bread for a couple of weeks, so I don't know oh. whether the bread is still. <laughs> The a same of loaf weeks. of bread for a couple of weeks. But you never, you ever do that where you've just got like a bit of bread left and it's, it's probably questionable. Probably well, questionable. Well, when it goes blue, that's <laughs> when to uh, not have for it. Sure. I I saw the other day. You know how, and I'm sure everyone will do this. If not, then you grew up in a rich household where <laughs> you have a little bit of bread and it's a little bit blue on the edges, so you just kind of cut those bits off yeah. and it's fine. Yeah, we're all good. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm not into so, that really. The same with well, cheese. But, but cheese going on. Just cut that same bit Same with off, cheese. You know. It's all mould. However, like mm-hmm. doing that does nothing because like the mould isn't just those blue bits. Mould runs through everything. <laughs> if I it's assume, blue, so. <laughs> nah. If it's blue in one little bit. Nah, I mean, it's fine. No, get good. over yourself. But also, <laughs> like just cutting off the blue bit really isn't solving the issue because <laughs> that mould runs right through, which is a, a good allegory for mould in your life. Yeah, it's not just wow. on the surface. Wow. Runs right through. <laughs> the bit that you can see is not the only problem. Absolutely. Deep into the core. Uh, Deep. Uh, I don't want to be that guy, but there's a rumour that there were these people that ate something they shouldn't have and it had consequences <laughs> for the whole world. So Potentially. Pro- there's a rumour. <laughs> <I> probably- <laughs> little rumour. No gossip, please. No. <laughs> no bad man. Real ones now. Real ones. <laughs> And how are you, Grace? I'm pretty good, you know. I don't think I've eaten any mold this week, so <laughs> you know, alive and kicking. That's a good judge of this week. <laughs> how are you doing? <laughs> yeah, all good. We saw each other, the three of us, for oh, the first guys, time. Guys, it was beautiful. In, in mm, three really months, since like a couple of days after Christmas, stunning. And that was nice. It was beautiful. We went and got fish and chips or something else that you would have from a chip shop. Mm. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't think anybody got fish and chips. Cheesy chips and gravy. Nothing that was gone. I go. That's it. I had curry and chips. Adam, I heard that your uh, popcorn, chicken and chips wasn't up to scratch. Uh, it was all right. It wasn't KFC standard, you know what I mean? You have popcorn, chicken, you think of the kernel. But you made you an error getting that from the chippy, though. Good. That's a poor chippy choice. I, I don't <laughs> think so. I think it, I think it served us both well. We shared a nice meal, but Grace doesn't think so. I, no, I didn't. I made the rookie error. I didn't put any salt and vinegar on the chips. 
and we didn't get a gravy or anything. And I think it was a very dry meal. Yeah. Um, but the flavours were all right. You, know, you basically got a side salad. Well, no. No, we didn't. <laughs> I reject. I reject <laughs> that. Oh, let, sorry. I just shouted. Let me tell. Let me tell you a, a quick one. So we got in work every Friday. Most Fridays yeah. we get a takeaway oh, so of some description. Um, my wallet's not a tie that. <laughs> um, but the, so this this Friday obviously was bank holiday, so we weren't in work. It was Good Friday, Hallelujah. He is risen. But um, so we did it on Thursday, and we got a KFC. One of the guys. We'll remain nameless in case he listens, but I'm pretty sure he won't. <laughs> One of the guys from KFC, he ordered a salad. <laughs> a garden salad. Like, he got other stuff, but he also ordered the salad. Why? So he got, like, a he got like a burger meal and a salad as an extra. Now, thankfully, the good people at KFC realised this must have been a mistake <laughs> and didn't put it in the, in the bag. So he didn't get his salad. <laughs> That's and so I, funny. <laughs> And he got a refund. Nobody orders but a salad. Like, or they just didn't have salad because they never expect anyone to yeah. order it. I reckon like alarms went off. Guys, someone's <laughs> ordered a salad. It wasn't even so like how- one of the Zynga salads where it's got the bits of chicken in it. It was just a garden salad. Carry on. So he, he, he complained because he didn't have his salad on KFC as well. Well, I mean, yeah. I, I, so uh, we order it just on the one app. So I was like, well, I'll put a thing in just in case. So yeah, I, I, I've now got £1.59 credit on delivery, Ooh. which I'm never going to use. <laughs> For a salad. For a salad. So yeah, but that they, that reminds me. Yeah, so some people do order salads and honestly, I'm not sure I trust them. I mean, KFC is one thing. I mean, that is pretty crazy. But if you ordered, if you ordered a salad from the chippy, I mean, that is, mm. that is another <laughs> level of... I'm pretty sure it'd still come deep fat fried. Mm. Or it'd be that really weird salad that you get on a kebab, which is too much onion. <laughs> yeah. It's too much onion and a big tomato. An entire lettuce. So An entire lettuce leaf. Yep. So funny. Well, we didn't meet up just to go to the chippy. Well... Although that wouldn't, that wouldn't be an <laughs> unfair excuse. <laughs> no. But we went to go to this little light show that was happening, mm-hmm. which was crazy busy, and, and we kind of regretted going. Mm. But uh, it was not a little light show. A couple of nice pictures. It was not little. <laughs> it was a big. And we didn't get to see much of it because the because the crowds were so big. Yeah. No, we saw like um, two things. <laughs> yeah, it was a bit mad. But um, but yeah, but it was a nice time, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. It was good. beautiful. Well, before we so get good. so good, so good. Before we get started, just a reminder that our EV fifty. Um, merch offer is still available. Mm. Go and take it. That is the code that you need. EV50. EV50. Come on. Exactly. Exactly. So, we're going to talk about Bob Marley and the Whalers Exodus, mm. which is from 1977, which is an album we've done recently um, when we did the Sex Pistols album, Never Mind the Bollocks. But, Adam, you're going to give us a little bit of context, right? Sam, what we're going to do is, because we've done 77 with, I think, The Clash as well with 77 um, and, and stuff like that. So we're going to do a little Bob Marley bio. A BMB. Uh, a, Bobby bio. a Bobby bio. A Bobby bio. A Bobby Dazzler bio. So, real name, Robert Nesta Marley. Great name. Uh, 
was born on the 6th of February 1945 at the farm of his maternal grandfather in Nine Mile, St Anne Parish, Parish, Jamaica, cannot speak, uh, to a fella called Norval Sinclair Marley and Sedella Malcolm. Great Ooh. names. Sedella's a good name. Yeah, Sedella and Norval. Uh, Norval Marley was a white Jamaican from Clarendon Parish, Jamaica, whose family claimed to have Syrian Jewish roots and origins. Uh, Norval claimed also to have been a captain in the Royal Marines. Um, I think it says claimed because I don't think many much people know about Bob Marley's father. I don't think there's much that not we know. just calling him out as a liar. <laughs> yeah, he's not just being like, framed to... Um, yeah, so apparently he was a, a captain in the Royal Marines. At the time of his marriage to Sadella Malcolm, who was an Afro-Jamaican, uh, then 18 years old, he was employed as a plantation overseer, which is interesting. Um, so, yeah. so Norval provided financial support for his wife and child, but seldom saw them as he was often away. Uh, Bob Marley attended Stepney Primary and Junior High School, which serves the catchment area of St. Anne, just in case you were going to move there and wanted to know what the catchment area was. That's, I, I feel like that's the mark of like proper being a grown-up. Like, What's the catchment, catchment area for the school? Because I was going to ring and see if we were in the catchment area here in Liverpool to get my kids into that school. But... Yeah. Well, just in case you wanted to know, you can't. Um in 1955, when Bob Marley was just 10 years old, his father, Norval, died of a heart attack at the age of 70. Uh, so it was quite an, an old father. Uh, Marley's mother went on later to marry a fellow called Edward Booker, who was a civil servant from the United States, giving Marley two half-brothers, Richard and Anthony. Um, so Richard, Anthony and Bob. <laughs> they are. Robert. <laughs> Robert, Robert, uh, Bob Marley and Neville Livingston, uh, who is later known as Bunny Whaler. <laughs> later known as Neville Longbottom. <laughs> um, they'd been childhood friends in Nine Mile. Uh, they had started to play music together while at Stepney Primary and Junior High School. Uh, and Marley left Nine Mile with his mother when he was 12 and moved to a place called Trenchtown, which was in Kingston. Um, she and Thaddeus Livingston, which was Bunny Whaler's father, also Thaddeus, great name, uh, actually had a daughter together whom they named Claudette Pale, hold, hold um, who was a younger sister. Oh, go on. <laughs> so what's happened here? So um, Bob Marley's mother um, married a civil servant from the US. However, she also had a kid with Bunny Whaler's father, uh, was the civil sailor si was the civil servant this bunny whaler? No. Okay. Okay. So we'll go from the beginning. So Bob Marley <laughs> had a friend called Neville Livingston, got, yeah. who later became to be known as Bunny Whaler. Um, they were childhood oh, friends in Nine Mile. Yeah, 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 yeah. Got you. Bob Marley then moves to Trenchtown in Kingston with his mum, and his mum hooks and up with his dad, a fella called Thaddeus got Livingston. You. Bunny Whaler's dad had a child called Claudette Pell, um, who was a young sister to both Bob and Bunny. How? So Bob, Why Bunny, you? Claudette. You're now trying to call out mothers <laughs> that might have been up to the naughty, are you? That's how our morality's going. I'm calling out. I'm calling out everyone. 
People gotta know. People have to know. So now that Marley and Livingston were living together in the same house in Trenchtown, their musical explorations deepened to include the latest R and B from the United States radio stations who broadcasts reached Jamaica, uh, and a new type of music called ska music. Um, interestingly, ska music came before reggae music, which I never knew. I always never thought it was the other that. way around, but no, ska Me was too. ska was first. Um, so the move to Trenchtown provided uh, was proving sorry, uh, to be very fortuitous and Marley soon found himself in a vocal group with Bunny Whaler, his now, I guess, half-brother, uh, Peter Tosh, Beverly Kelso and Junior Braithwaite. Sam, Marley now finds himself, Bob Marley finds himself with this little vocal group just having fun in Trenchtown. So Marley and the others did not play any instruments at the time uh, and were more interested in being a vocal harmony group, kind of like the Beach Boys, I think they might have wanted to be. Higgs, um, who I don't know who he is. Why did I put his name? There's a fellow called Higgs. Higgs was glad to help them develop their vocal <laughs> harmonies, although more importantly, tell you what, when you do, you're Higgs probably eight in the world. The <laughs> a fellow called Higgs. Don't ask me who he is, Grace. I don't know. <laughs> Fella called Higgs, so this fellow wants to help them develop their vocal harmonies, although more importantly, he had started to teach Bob Marley how to play guitar, thereby creating the bedrock that would later allow Bob Marley to construct some of the biggest selling reggae songs in the history of the genre. So, we're going to fast forward to 1963. We're going to get into some of Bob Marley's music. So, in 63, Bob Marley, Bully Whaler, Peter Tosh, Junior Baker, Beverly Kelso, and someone called Cherry Smith were called a band, they formed a band and they were called the Teenagers. Uh, they later changed that name to the Wailing Rude Boys, then to the Wailing Whalers, uh, at which point they were discovered by a record producer by the name of Coxon Dodd. Uh, These so, names uh, he are finds them West. They're mad. So he finds them as the Wailing Whalers, and then they change their name finally to the Whalers, which is a famous name that we all heard of, Bob Marley and the Whalers. There you go. So they had a single called Simmer Down on uh, Coxon's... Um, it's the most scouse single ever. Simmer Down. Simmer Down. <laughs> Simmer Down. For um, the Coxon label. Um, and it became a Jamaican number one hit in February 64, selling an estimated 70,000 copies, which is pretty good. Uh, the Whalers now regularly were recording uh, for Studio One. Um, they found themselves working with established Jamaican musicians such as Ernest Wrangling, uh, arranger for It Hates to Be Alone, uh, and the keyboardist Jackie Mitu and his saxophonist Roland Alfonso. These names are great. This is, this um, is all a picture. <laughs> by 66, Braithwaite, Kelso and Smith had left the Whalers, leaving the core trio of Bob Marley, Bunny Whaler and Peter Tosh. So, just a recap. <laughs> by 1966, they've had a couple of songs. They've had one song in particular, Simmer Down, which was number one in Jamaica. Um, they worked with a few really famous Jamaican musicians um, and then half the Whalers leave and there's just the three of them. They're now a trio. That's Bob, Tosh and Bunny. So, Bob, Bob, yeah. Yeah, Marley, Whaler and Tosh. Which sounds like the worst solicitor's office. <laughs> <laughs> so, in 1966, Bob Marley gets married. Woo! And he marries a woman called Rita Anderson. Uh, and they move uh, near to his mother's res residence in Wilmington, Delaware, in the United States, for a short time. 
uh, during which he worked as a DuPont lab assistant. Are you You're having a right, Matt. Matt, oh. <laughs> it's just thing. Sorry. Okay. That's fine. I mean, I was going to cut out the sound of water and now I've got to keep it in. Now you got to keep it in, otherwise no one will know. So, um, so they moved to the United States, Rita and Bob, uh, during for which Bob worked as a DuPont lab assistant and on the assembly line at a Chrysler plant in nearby Newark under the alias... <laughs> Donald Marley, because he doesn't like the name Robert or something. Oh. I find this interesting. Like you can't imagine, like full. This is before he becomes a, a Rastafarian. So you just imagine this kind of short-haired Bob Marley that got dreadlocks. He's not like smoking weed. I or don't anything. believe he he's existed. Just, he's just Robert or Donald at this point, <laughs> and he just works at a Chrysler factory. You know, I mean, it's really funny to think about. Like you wouldn't think this famous. Rastafarian would be like that, but he Guys, was. If I had to get an alias off both of you right now, just one mm-hmm. one word names right here. Mm-hmm. Something as boring as Donald. It Philip. can be whatever you want. <laughs> You're going Philip, Adam. Hello, my name's Philip. Not Phil. Philip. Is that after your, um, you know, the um, the Queen's husband, Philip? Don't don't care about it. He'll be dead. He'll be dead soon. Okay. Here he is. Yeah, I mean, he's been propped up. <laughs> just me. He's propped up and they just recorded all his racist remarks on a tape recorder that they've stuffed in his chest. <laughs> Can't say stuff, Grace. He's a racist. She's a racist. They're all racists. Anyway. And well, he's give, a Nazi give sympathizer as well, just to go there. Yeah, you know. yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Grace, your alias. Um, Phyllis. Without... So I don't you, know why you go Phyllis. So when Adam said Philip, I thought, okay, not very good. But in your head, you thought, great idea. <laughs> I'll go Phyllis. Phyllis is better than Philip. Hmm. Well, you think so? Yeah. I'm not sure. You met, you met many Phyllises? No, no, that's the point. That's why it's my alias name. So, so you, you don't so want to blend in. You want to stand out. <laughs> All right, fine. Ruth. (laughs) What do you want from me? A little less attitudes. (laughs) (laughs) Let's carry on. Why don't you double barrel it? Phyllis Ruth. Phyllis. Ruth Phyllis. Rillis. Ruth Phyllis. Ruthless. (laughs) 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 So, Donald Marley is working in the Chrysler factory. Just a small town boy. Though he was raised as a Catholic, uh, Marley actually started to become interested in Rastafari beliefs in the 60s while he was away from his mother's influence. Uh, And after returning to Jamaica, Marley formally converted to Rastafarianism. (laughs) I don't know. Sorry. Apologies to any Rastafarians. That that definitely wasn't a sentence. (laughs) Sorry. Marley formally converted to Rastafari and began to grow his dreadlocks out. Um, so, yeah, so he's like, he moves back from America with his wife, Jamaica, and he's like, right, I'm going to convert. Sorted. In 1969, Sorted. Yeah, this brought another change to Jamaican popular music in which the beat slowed down even further. The new beat was a slow, steady, ticking rhythm that was first heard on the Maytel song, Do the Reggae. So, there you go. 
Marley approached producer Leslie Kong, who was regarded as one of the major developers of the reggae sound. For the recordings, Kong combined the Wailers with his studio musicians called the Beverly's All-Stars, which consisted of the bassist Lloyd Parks and Jackie, Johnson, Jackie Jackson, sorry, the drummer Paul Douglas, the keyboard players Gladstone Anderson and Winston Wright, and the guitarists Rad Bryan, Lynn Tate and Hooks Brown. Some more names for you there, Grace. Uh, as David Moskowitz writes, the tracks recorded in this session illustrated the Wailers' earliest efforts in the new reggae style. Gone are the scar trumpets and saxophones of the earlier songs, with instrumental breaks now being played by the electric guitar. So it's the end of the 60s, reggae music starting to become developed, and Bob Marley's right to the forefront of that with his Wailers, um, and he's got a bigger backing band now that can really help develop their sound. So, Donald's gone. We're now going in. New decade, we're going into the 70s. Okay. 72. <laughs> Bob Marley signed with CBS Records in London. Bob Marley, I found this. He's all over the place. He goes to America, Jamaica, London. Like, he likes to travel. Don't blame him. So in 1972, he signs <laughs> with CBS Records in London and he embarked on a UK tour with soul singer Johnny Nash. Whilst in London, the Whalers asked their road manager, Brent Clark, to, to introduce them to Chris Blackwell, who had licensed some of their Coxone re releases for his Island Records. So some of their earlier stuff was being released in the UK. So the Whalers intended to discuss the royalties associated with these releases. Instead, the meeting resulted in the offer of an advance of £4,000 to record an album. Result? Happy days. Uh, since Jimmy Cliff, Ireland's top reggae star, had recently left the label, Blackwell was primed for a replacement, and that replacement was Bob Marley. In Bob Marley, Blackwell recognised the elements needed to snare the rock audience. So obviously rock music is being very, is, you know, it's big after the 60s and is still quite big in the 70s. Uh, and Blackwell said, I was dealing with rock music, which was really rebel music. I felt that I felt that would be really the way to break Jamaican music, but you needed someone who could be that image. When Bob walked in, he really was that image. The Whalers returned to Jamaica to record at Harry J's in Kingston, which resulted in the album Catch a Fire. In 1975, Bob Marley had his international breakthrough with his first hit outside of Jamaica with a live version of the absolute classic No Woman, No Cry from the live album. This was followed by his breakthrough album in the United States, Rastaman Vibration, which reached the top 50 of the Billboard Soul Charts. Soul Charts? Oh, Jack. Soul Charts. Really need to put my teeth back in there. Um, on December, on the 3rd of December, 76, so we're getting up to the year that Exodus is released, 76, two days before a concert called Smile Jamaica, which was a free concert organised by the Jamaican Prime Minister, Michael Manley. Uh, in, a, in an attempt to ease His tension name. between... To, honestly, there's so many names. Um, in an attempt to ease tension between two <laughs> warring political groups, Marley, his wife and manager Don Taylor were wounded in an assault by an unknown gunman inside Marley's home. So so there's a lot of political tension between two political groups in Jamaica. Um, and so to try and ease that, they're going to put on a concert. A couple of days before that, Bob Marley gets shot. And his wife gets shot. It's terrible. Jesus. Um, yeah. So Taylor, Don Taylor, uh, and Marley's wife sustained Marley's wife sustained injuries 
uh, that were quite serious, but later they made full recoveries. Uh, Bob Marley himself received minor wounds in the chest and the arm. Uh, the attempt on his life was thought to have been politically motivated, as many felt the concert was really a support rally uh, for the Prime Minister Manley. Nonetheless, the concert proceeded, and an injured Marley performed as scheduled two days after the attempt on his life, which is incredible. What a hero. Wow. When asked why, Marley responded, the people who were trying to make the world worse aren't taking a day off. How can I? Mm. Absolute trooper. Uh, the members of the group Zap Pow played as Bob Marley's backup band before a festival crowd of 80,000 while members of the Wailers were still missing or in hiding. So Bob carries on, but uh, the rest of his band are like, nah. And who can blame them? Um, after that, um, Bob Marley goes on a bit of a recovery, obviously. So he left Jamaica at the end of 76 and after a month-long recovery and writing Sojourn, Sojourn? Uh, at the site of Chris Blackwell's Campus Point Studios in Nassau, Bahamas. Uh, Bob Marley travels to England where he spent two years in a self-imposed exile. Whilst in England, he recorded the albums Exodus, that we're going to talk about in a moment, and Kaya, or Kaya. Um, Exodus stayed on the British album charts for 56 consecutive weeks and it included four UK hit singles Exodus, Waiting in Vain, Jamming and One Love which inter in interpolate, interpolate? which interpolates Curtis Mayfield's hit <laughs> People Get Ready some of the stuff I write down I don't care <laughs> it interpolates man it interpolates I'm going to use that word forever uh, Is so it One Love I did, it must be <laughs> One love, which references or samples Curtis Mayfield's people, Curtis Mayfield's it, people get ready. During his time in London, Bob Marley was actually arrested and received a conviction for possession of a small quantity of cannabis. Um, obviously hit Classic. with him being a Rastafarian. Um, cannabis is a, a, a holy sacrament of <laughs> Rastafarianism. So obviously he's like, well, I'm, I'm going to have it. They say having this. It's my religion. Grace ain't having it, but religious freedom. It's the way you should be allowed to have it. That's what they. That's what they believe. It's a precious and holy thing. The for them. holiest. Yeah, and um, and and to to not have that or for that to be taken away, to form a religious persecution. Um. So yeah. Um. Marley returned to Jamaica in 1978 and performed at another political concert, the One Love Peace Concert, again in an effort to calm warring parties. Near the end of the performance, by Marley's request, Michael Manley, leader of the then-ruling People's National Party, and his political rival, Edward Sieg, S-E-A-G-G. Sega. Sega, thank you. Sega. <laughs> leader of the opposing Jamaican Labour Party, joined each other on stage and actually shook hands, which is incredible. Under the name of Bob Marley and the Wailers, uh, 11 albums were released, Four of them were live albums and seven studio. Uh, the releases include Babylon by Bus, which was a double live album with 13 tracks, which was released in 78 and received critical acclaim. Uh, this album, and specifically the final track, Jamming, with the audience in a frenzy, cap frenzy captured the intensity of Marley's live performances. And if I can just leave you with a quote from Mikhail Gilmore, mm. uh, a writer for the Rolling Stone. Uh, magazine marley wasn't singing about how peace could come easily to the world but rather how hell on earth comes too easily to too many his oh. songs were his memories he had lived with the wretched 
he had seen the down pressers and those whom they pressed down. Oof. I feel like that sums up Bob Marley. So that is a lot of names. If you can remember them all, well done. You get a point. Um, and a quick little whistle-stop tour of Bob Marley's life. He then went on to do a couple of the things and die, but we'll, we'll just uh, we'll just talk about that up until 77. He then did a few bits. Which, uh, with this album. He died of uh, he died of skin cancer, you know. Oh, no way. Uh, because no. I believe, I think Rastafarianism, they don't believe in some medicine things. I don't think he would have took chemo. Um, either that or it was far too progressive and far too late for him to do anything about it. Um, and he well, was buried was with too... a football? With a football. Yeah, it was too... Yeah. He didn't want his toe amputated. Um, yes. And then he then didn't want treatment, but then he got really ill. And then when he went then went to get treatment, it was then too late. So then he had all these, like... It's not experimental. What is it? Alternative medicines and stuff. Mm. Um, but, uh, yeah, unfortunately... Um... Died very young. Yeah. Uh, that's a bit on Bob Marley. Mm-hmm. And did you know that um, that concert, the One Love concert, before mm. he like gets them to like all hold hands together right in the middle, which is a really powerful moment. I don't know any musician that could have done that. You know, <laughs> it's just amazing. But he like, there's a point when he's like, just in this like crazy, like trance dance thing. Like he's just like on one. And this thunder and lightning like hits the stage and it's like and people said it was like watching god move oh. and he it was like oh. a really just crazy moment and it's just as he's like just going off on one you know what i mean mm-hmm. absolutely crazy That's but um wild. yeah there's a documentary on netflix i would recommend it's less than an hour long and it's all about this time period um and it's called who shot the sheriff very good a very good title too. It is really like Netflix to just listen to Alvanilla, you know. Yeah, well, it's about time, isn't it? <laughs> we'll have a, we'll have our own special soon. <laughs> oh, what a dream! Get that Netflix money. That's what you do. Um, do you want to know some other albums that came out right, before then. we look closely at the album? Rumors by Fleetwood Mac. Mm. Never mind the bollocks by the Sex Pistols. Not interesting. Uh, Asia by Steely Dan. Uh, Lust for Life by the one and only Iggy Pop. Hmm. Uh, the Clash's debut self-titled album. Uh, News of the World by Queen. Great album. Great album. And Bad Reputation by Thin Lizzy. Ooh. And I think, you know, they there are some good albums there. This one. This one may be the best. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll wait and find Here out. Here he comes again. Here he comes again. It's the best <laughs> album I've ever heard. Oh, I'm giving it a 10, guys. <laughs> Should we take a break and then we'll talk about our thoughts? Yeah. Our amazing, mm. excellent thoughts <laughs> on Exodus. Brilliant. Welcome back. So, as Adam said, Exodus, a ninth studio album by Bob Marley, and it was recorded in London, which is amazing. And it was after this uh, self-imposed exile. Um, and so that's where the title Exodus comes from. Um, and it would be great to talk about the album. So, Grace, do you want to go first? Tell us Ooh. what you think about this album. I mean, let me get it back up again. Okay. Um, so a funny thing happened this week, actually. So I was listening to 
the next album on the Rolling Stones list, right? Got my notes. Listening. And then I... Which is this album or another album? Which is another album. And then I listened to last week's podcast to hear what we're comparing it to because I forgot. And then... (laughs) Matt, you're like once again. Oh, won't you, won't use the group chat. We listen to. Would rather listen to the poll podcast Bob to find out <laughs> rather than just message us. It's like see that. Oh, we listen to Bob Marley, and I was like, oh, oh, I was like, oh, that's it. Yeah. Um. So that happened this week, but it's fine. Gotta listen to both. Um, much better than the last one. Oh, the you one were that, listening to the wrong album. I was listening to the wrong album. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I see. Right, I see. <laughs> yeah, I was listening so you've to. You've done your notes for next week. Loveless. It's like a couple of albums back. It's a bit awkward because um, Loveless actually isn't on Apple Music, so was thinking about skipping. But now Grace has done it prep, so I'm gonna have to find it. <gasps> oh, no, it's a previous one. <laughs> bit awkward. I assumed that you had already done it because it's like way back. Is it on? Is it on the wrong list? No. Is. No, it's on the new list. It's number 73. Anyway. It's the one after Kanye. Yeah. I think we've just skipped yeah. it. Let's just move on. Anyway, so we'll listen to that. It's yeah. trash. We shouldn't listen to it. Um, <laughs> but Bob Marley. Um, yeah, I mean, you can't not love Bob Marley. Some personal hearts to me. Let's just assume that we all love it because it's Bob Marley and it's great. Um Reggae. That's a good way of being disappointed in it. Let's all assume <laughs> we love it. Um, no, reggae reggae's where it's at. And this actually, this album isn't all just reggae, is it? There's like some blues elements going on. There's a there's, there's a there's a lot going on in this album. Um and I love it. Love the harmonies. His wife sounds stunning. Stunning on this album. Um Great. Yeah, some highlights, jamming. Or jamming. I wanted to say jamming. I feel like that's more reggae. Um, three Little Birds. I read this little thing about Three Little Birds. That it was when he was, whenever he was like rolling a spliff, or when he was rolling some herb, as they called it. Herb. I saw this herb. quote too. Herb. herb. He would like throw it. The wisest way of saying that. <laughs> ever. Some herb. He was rolling some herb. Rolling up a little bit of herb. Um, and, <laughs> <laughs> and he'd throw the seeds and some little birds would come and pick them up. So somewhere there were some stoned little birds. Um, like and that. that's where you got the title of the song, Three Little Birds. Um, yeah, obviously One Love, absolute classic. Has it been overdone? I don't know. Has it been played far too many times? <laughs> can can love be overdone? Well, hey. not the message, the song. Can you know. unity be you know. overdone? Not the message. Um, but the song, very much so. And I think it has. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, yeah, but I'm here for just chilled out vibes. I don't think you can listen and not be like, at least just like nodding your head along, tapping your foot along. It gets you going. Get you going. So I loved Brilliant. it. You're right about that. Like, it's got this Jamaican reggae, which is obvious, but there's got this like London... English mm. like dirtiness to it yeah. it's just into, but it doesn't feel dirty because mm. it's placed alongside this wonderful reggae mm. I think it sounds great and obviously his lyrics are very important that poli- mm. well not not necessarily political but just into important things that need to be spoken about 
I feel like we find a lot of albums recently that are like talking about important things and we're like, nobody's talking about important things, but actually they are. Come on, Bob. Robert. Yeah. It's interesting to put it against another political album or like one that deals with these things like Nevermind the Bollocks. Mm. Mm. You know, which one did more good? Mm. Very true. Very the true. one that's trying to unite or the one that... And I, I don't know, like, it's hard because at the end of the day, Bob Marley did bring unity, but the unity and the peace, right, meant that everyone got killed because the people in power were, like, above that, mm. were so mm. worried about how, like, how, the power of peace, mm. which I think is amazing. It's not amazing that they got killed, but no. it's amazing that they were like, oh, crap, what are we going to do about this? Such an impact. Whereas... We talked about like Johnny Rotten just spouting a few weeks ago. Mm. And I think this is why, because he hasn't, you know, there's no proof in his pudding, is there? Mm. Non at all. No. But, um, yeah. Adam, what did you think of the album? Loved it. Some great tracks, some great truths. I found a quote. Um, this one's a little bit longer, but I found a quote from our from website, um, which I quite like, which I think really quite explains the vibe of the album, and the vibe of what Marley was going for. So as the shaman, medicine man, or as in the title of the album's opening track, the natural mystic of the tribe, Marley's Rastaman vibration works like a mojo, a sonic talisman, the perfect cross that renders powerless the energy-sucking vampires of our daily lives. Although he was the last member of the Whalers to wear dreadlocks and adapt, adopt sorry, the various aspects of Rastafarian life, it soon became Marley's M.O. to do battle with the mad, money-hungry machinery of Babylon. Like Moses, Marcus Garvey and Tenzin Gyatso, the 14th Dalai Lama, whose name literally means Defender of the Faith, before him, who all lead... So those people, like those people who all led their people through a series of severe trials and tribulations towards a new vision of hope and prosperity, Marley also became something of a messianic figure. And I think that kind of sums it up. Not that Bob Marley was trying to put himself in this elevated position, but with the gift that he kind of has for writing songs and the gift that he has for, for I don't know, singing and speaking these truths, it kind of he becomes a symbol of, of hope. You know what I mean? Like, the track, the title track, Exodus, is a good example of that, talking about people in exile, uh, that they're going to leave Babylon, go home to a place called Zion. Imagine being, like, a, a Jamaica living in Lo- Jamaican living in London. Um, like, you, you'd, you'd want to grab hold of that. 1970s England, not a nice place if you're not white. Uh, you know, institutional racism. I think in the 70s was when, when we had our first you know, non-white police officer, um, you know, but it was, it was a very tense time. So if you're, if you're someone, you know, who is not white and you hear this, you know, an album from someone else who's not white speaking about going home, speaking about, you know, defeating those people in power or, you know, at least holding them accountable, you're going to want to hang on to that. It's great. So I think I think it's really important. You know how we talk about how these, some of these albums are on this list because of their cultural impact. Mm-hmm. I think this album is both musically impactful and and very culturally impactful because of that, because of the message, um, that it gets across. I also think though that it it transcends religion and race. The message because you know we've all been far away from where we'd like to be, for whatever reason, 
and I think this album kind of kind of picks that out. Musically speaking, um, love it. The guitar sounds great. Uh, the drums are so good. One of the standout sounds um, for me when I listen to reggae music is kind of the hi-hats, that kind of syncopated 16ths and, and all that. Um, it sounds so good. Um, and you can see how it inspired bands like The Police, you know, drummers and stuff like that. Uh, jamming sounds so good. When you listen to it, it's clear that it's the inspiration behind the great Stevie Wonder song, Master Blammin. Master Blammin? <laughs> oh my goodness, I'm so tired. Oh, Master Blammin? What's Master Blammin? I think we need to Master do just a montage of all the weird stuff oh, Adam has said. That's that's Blaster and Jammin mixed together. Master Blammin? <laughs> I'm here for it. F- folks, I'm so sorry. Master Blaster brackets Jammin. <laughs> Again, great rhythm, great lyrics, um, references as assassination attempt, no bullet can stop us now. All in all, I really, really like this album. Um, really enjoyed it. One love. Jar people. It's an absolutely master blamming album. <laughs> oh, gosh. It's a good adjective, actually. Oh. I like that. I'm like so... You know what the worst thing is? That's so good. It's a masturbator of an album. No. <laughs> No, no. <laughs> it could have gone that way. <laughs> but I didn't. No, Master, no, no. I'm Blaster. glad. I could have gone that way, but I didn't. But now I am. <laughs> now I'm sad. Just in case some people were thinking it. Anyway, okay. go. Well, you know, Grace spoiled it, but I loved this <laughs> whole album. No one was expecting anything different. No one's going to come along and go, oh, that Bob Marley track. Hey, listen, Grace. I've sat here <laughs> listening to your opinions. Week on week. So you will listen to me. Wow. <laughs> very poor, very poor. Wow. <laughs> nah, I'm only joking. Well, but, um, only joking, but. There I go. But. Um, I thought it was amazing. I thought the mix was really great. I thought the lyrics are clever and well thought about. You know what, what I learned about Bob Marley is, like, he kind of, he kind of is a universal figure. You know, he, he, has a a white father and a black mother and so because of that he in jamaica he isn't on a side you know he's in the middle and he uses that for to his advantage and when he's asked to pick a political party he won't do it so he's not he doesn't really want to do this concert for um what's it manly whatever his manly. first name is yeah michael I but, michael manly michael manly but he does want peace so he's kind of like yeah i will do it but then the One Love concert is about bringing them together, which he didn't want to do again because he was scared about coming back. But he he's worried about, you know, all these kids that are going through Trench Town and dying, you know, and he's he just um, he's just on a different level than all these people. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He's like a higher. I I thought I found this a, a deeply spiritual album. Like I thought it was wonderful. I thought it was amazing. Um. And I just found that he was like a really special figure. And you know, some people that we've talked about, you're like, I just don't even understand why people like, like as a cult figure, why they like this person. Like Iggy Pop is a good example of that. None of us were like, oh yeah, I want to be like Iggy Pop. But the, mm-hmm. but Bob Marley, I'm like, I do want to be like Bob Marley. I do want to be that sure. unifying factor. I would like to, I would love to release music that would, you know, bless people in that way. You know what I mean? Mm. Grace, what are you going to say? Well, you're not going to agree with it, but 
Okay. I think, and hear me out, and don't just use yeah. your bias, because I know, but... Oh, so I've got bias now. The, but the, this album and the effect that it had is what um, John Lennon wanted with, like, his Imagine album and everything like that. But he's I'm just good. this white guy with his little, I don't know, already all of this fame and all this money who's had a very privileged life and it didn't have the same effect because yeah, of... I can hear that. That makes... Yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. I like that. And I think, like, I reckon John Lennon would aspire to this. Mm. But but there's a... I don't know. I, I don't know what it is, but, like, it seems like... I don't have any better words, but Bob Marley is on another level mm. to that. You know, like, he just under... He doesn't want to be peace or be peaceful he seems to be peace you know what i mean he seems yeah. to encapsulate those things incredibly well i think to yeah like what grace said it's it's an authenticity from bob marley that you get because yeah yeah it's an authenticity there's no kind of he's never been anything else he's always been that from the get-go that peace factor whereas john lennon was not always that peace and love factor yeah wasn't always that peace and love guy um and certainly even if he was saying it wasn't enacting out those values mm. in his personal life whereas i mean i don't know everything about bob bob, bob marley but it's from from what i've read it seems like he was enacting those values so it like grace was saying it's an authenticity that's the difference between them and that's why like you were saying matt he's on another level bob marley over over what John was trying to be, but maybe just couldn't quite reach. And John Lennon's like, for like for all his good, is quite antagonistic with his approach. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, yeah. And and maybe that's just the way he's learned to do that. You know, whereas, you know, even if it's just the weed that's helping Bob Marley out, <laughs> it's it's a lot more chilled, isn't it? It's a different vibe, completely. And it's you know, John Lennon is like, I want peace, but I'm on this side. Whereas Bob Marley seems to be like, no, I want peace and I'm not telling you what side I'm on. I'm going to sit in the middle. I'm going to be that peacemaker. You know, I'm going to keep the peace. Uh, I care about I care about the kids dying. I care about, you know, I want unity. I want one love. I want unity. I think it's really wonderful. Really, really wonderful. And something deeply, like, spiritual and special about it. Um, yeah, I think you're right, Chris. I bet you didn't mean that. I don't that think again. I've ever heard that. Could we just play that on repeat? <laughs> can that just be the podcast? Yeah, that could be the next hour of the podcast. <laughs> yeah, just do that. Um, and I think, like, I was trying to th- think when I watched the documentary, I was like, imagine being shot, right? And then the things that come out of your mouth in the following years are don't worry, be happy, yeah, yeah. or one look. Yeah. You know that that is real unity. That is really special. You know what mm. I mean? Because he didn't know who was trying to kill him, but he knew that it could, it was one of the political parties, or it could have been a gang, or it could have been anyone. He didn't know. But but having had like having faced your death to still say, you know what? There's bigger things than this. Don't worry. Be happy. There's only one life. You know. I just think it's amazing and um. He does so much for Jamaica in a time of turmoil um, and a time when the Cold War is happening. And he's just mm. on 
I'm going to say it again. He's just on a different level, you know. And there's something... Um, so I did a little recording, right? And it's very basic. But I just wanted to show, like, the simplicity of... You know, I found this, like, a worship album. You know what I mean? Mm. I found it, like, a, a really... Um, hang on, let me just share my screen. Like, I was just sitting listening to it. And I was listening to um, Waiting in Vain. And before the song had finished, I was already singing along with the chorus. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I was just already into it. And I was trying to think, like, why is it and what is it about these songs? And it's, like, their simplicity. So I did, like, a really simple version of the chorus of One Love Right, where it's got the piano chords and then it's got the melody. And it's just to show when it's stripped back how simple it is. So I'm going to play it. So here we go, my my beautiful piano playing. So you got the one chord to a five, to a four, one, five, one. So that's the chord sequence, really simple. It wouldn't, you know, everyone's expecting it, everyone knows it, everyone's heard songs like this. It's kind of like Let It Be has a similar thing. Yeah, it and is very Let It Be. And then the melody. So just one note there, your second note there, and then just a little descending scale. And that's it. How simple is that? You know, it's not complicated at all. And you know how I know that? Because I can play it on piano. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's how simple it is. <laughs> it's good. Do you know what I mean? That's, and it's you can all a piano along. thing. It's very beautiful. <laughs> Sorry, it is. It's so good. There's very, there's something very beautiful, and I, I think, I think we'd all, we've all probably tried to write songs every now and then, and you get so caught up in trying to make it sound great or really sound like, oh, this will sound dead clever, and this will sound dead like complicated. People will be blown away. This will really show all the musicians. But it doesn't need to be that complicated. It can be a simple. Simple chord structure and a simple melody. That's it. That's what you're saying. That's it. That's it. And the simpler, the better. And so, you know, this is like when we're in church and we're like doing uh, like communion of worship, like bringing people in the unity of faith. Like that's what you're looking for when you're writing songs and you're singing songs. And like that first one chord, the melody is just the C as well. It's just like that same note. And it just plays it twice, and then it plays the seven, and then it just descends. And that's, it's so basic, you know what I mean? But even the most basic, like, tropes and ideas and thoughts, like, we still haven't even got to the bottom of using them. You know, mm. you don't listen to that and like, oh, this is dead, man. You know, you're, st- you're still singing those nursery rhymes, you're still singing One Love, because that's just so, it's so simple. Um and that's why jazz is whack, man. Just to uh, jazz is whack. Jazz is whack. Death to jazz. Jazz is whack. Absolutely death to jazz. Get out of here. <laughs> that that wasn't my point, but <laughs> I've got that. <laughs> yeah, and so you know, all week I've just been singing this album, and it's been really easy to, and it's put me in a great mood every day. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think jamming is perfect. It just sounds really great. I, you know what, I was I was so rude going into this because we've all been on stage, 
maybe we haven't but i like my experience is we've been on stage and someone calls let's do a reggae breakdown in this yeah. song and you're like oh man <laughs> and you and you know you don't want to do it because you can't do it because you don't listen mm. to reggae you don't feel it uh which reminds me of a story grace that you may not know about adam um we were at a gig once and um for some reason so adam's on percussion and they changed the drummer mid week of our gig so um we've got a week worth of gigs they changed the drummer for one day <laughs> and- i've just remembered the story <laughs> i was really confused god sorry and and this drummer like is Ugh. so laid back that Adam's convinced to this day that he's never played in time once. He wasn't. This guy. He wasn't in time. Grace, Grace, <laughs> he wasn't. Matt, Matt is convinced. He's like, oh, he's he's in the pocket and he's so like behind the beat that he's on the beat. It doesn't work. He's yeah. so bad. He's he behind off. the beat. No, he was off. He was garbage. Adam was not That's, happy. <laughs> he was hot garbage. Oh. I mean, get it also that, doesn't help get that. Get that jingle I mean, back that we haven't sorted. Hot garbage. Yeah, it doesn't also help that uh, I'm not gonna that group of people were hot garbage as well. (laughs) Attitude all over the gaff. Don't need it. Yeah, but Adam, Adam was on stage. You could see this drummer like behind, like just he is behind the beat. It is like super like laid back. We can see Adam's face. How does he look when he's? Does he look like he's chilling or? Yeah, it's a different vibe. We're like indie, indie rocker kids, you know what I mean? But they were no, like... No, Matt, we're just good musicians. <laughs> <laughs> and it, but this is me, and this is my first time doing this type of gig. So like, and it's in front of quite a few people. So like, I was brought, I was, I was brought along to kind of feel what it was like to be on stage in front of all of these people, but not actually play. Which was fine. Which was a good way of doing it. I don't, nice. don't have a problem that with that. Cushion was important, part. Don't you, it wasn't. Don't you mate, it wasn't role. even in. It wasn't even in the house. Stop. But <laughs> but it's fine. Like that's the way it was done. I've not got a problem with that. It was the right thing to do. But even at that age, I was like what seventeen, eighteen. I'd have done a better job. I'd have done a better job. I would have. Hundred percent. Oh, not playing garbage. back on the beat. You know. Ah, oh, just get on the click. Properly, and he had a bad attitude when someone like told him to do something. He was like, oh, "Shut up!" It was we- <laughs> I was MDing, and it was weird to just for a drummer to appear that wasn't the drummer you've been working with all week. Yeah, that's it. Was it. Weird, wasn't it? Did the other guy come back, or was yeah, this the end of the week? It was. Well, I mean, I don't want to give too many things away because in case anyone's listening, but I, mean, I don't really care if they are. But it was basically the wife's. No, wife's husband. Sorry. sorry. The, the the sorry, yeah, the um the, the wife's husband. <laughs> I just haven't explained how many I'm the the lead the leader of the band, her husband. Her husband. <laughs> right, right, right. Nepotism all over husband. the gap as well. <laughs> Nepotism. Say or yeah. just So was he just coming for a bit of like a sort of like a karaoke vibe? <laughs> or, he just like came for the day and they were like, Oh, should we let this person drum? And the other drum was like, Yes, yeah, and I'm like all right. Yeah, because they were all friends. He wasn't coming to be a professional. He wasn't coming to worship the Lord. He was just coming to be a waste of space. Hey, hey, half, half of those things right there that you've said are true. I will agree with you on that. Ah, which ones don't you agree with? 
don't think he's a waste of space. I thought he was all right. Oh, yeah, that's but, true. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Anyway, so we did this gig and they were behind the beast. But we've all had that moment where we've been asked to play reggae and we don't mm. do it justice because, you know, we don't live it. We don't know it. But So I just assumed that all reggae kind of sounded the same, which was <laughs> ignorant of me. But when I listened to this album, I was like, no, these are great songs by themselves and all sound different, all have different like instrumentation and parts. I thought it was really great. And my, my eyes have been opened. And I guess like you've got three massive singles on this album, Jamming, Three Little Birds, One Love. And that that to me is a big thing about an album. It has to have bopping singles. You know what mm, I mean? Very important. Sure. Very important to me. Got to have great songs. If you don't have great songs, you don't have a great album. Simple. Mm. We can all go home now. <laughs> Done. Amazing. Shall we take a break and we're going to compare it to Justice by Justin Bieber? Brilliant. So, welcome back from the break. We're going to talk about Justice, which is the sixth studio album by Canadian singer songwriter, singer songwriter, hmm, uh, and multi instrumentalist <laughs> Justin Bieber. And it was released on the 19th of March 2021, 13 months after his fifth studio album, Changes. And this album features a lot of guest appearances, uh, some of them being Khalid, Chance the Rapper, The Kid Lauro, Laurie? Mm. I'm not going to read all these names because Tori Kelly is on it, um, all kinds of different people. Um, and, you know, it's a little bit of a... Well, we've got loads of producers on it as well. We've got uh, Phineas on it, Skrillex. Oh. Uh, yeah, Andrew Watts, loads of people. Um, and it was preceded by the singles Holy, uh, Lonely, Anyone, and Hold On, all of which, all of which, all of which reached <laughs> the top 20. <laughs> all of which reached the twin, uh, top 20 in the US. Um, and it seems like, um, you know, this was a big album only to be kind of um, beaten by Purpose, which we've talked about before, as yeah. Adam talked about, mm. as one of his favourite albums from Justin Bieber. For sure. Uh, and so, yeah, so it's it's good to have Justin back, isn't it? Mm-hmm. When compared mm-hmm. with Nick Jonas, and I don't want to rub any salt in the wounds with all <laughs> our uh, Nick Jonas fans. Um, but this is much better. Much, much better. Yeah. Much better. Uh, so it'd be good to... Talk about it, Grace. Do you want to go first again? Mm. Okay, okay. Um, now this again is like a wild contrast to our, you know, focus album. Mm-hmm. Not not real reggae vibes going on here from JB. <laughs> um, but it feels like he's trying. You know, the the title of the album being Justice, and then having an interlude from a, a bit of Martin Luther King's speech would feel like there's a certain vibe going on again, a certain, you know, politicalness to the lyrics and things you would think, but then not really, which is strange because like 90% of the songs, fine, it's his album, do what you like, are about how much he's obsessed with his wife. Mm. Great. Love to hear it. Let's all love our wives a bit more, our husbands a bit more, you know. Let's be happy in love. 
let's be great. But then it's strange then to just, well, it feels to me a little bit strange to just then have Martin Luther King in the middle. There's like two sides to it, isn't there? This album, it's like, there's two different, I don't know. It feels like it goes in two different ways at the same time. There is, but it's still very heavy on the like love songs and things like that. Because, yeah, there is an element of, you know, he's trying to speak to the fact that there's been a lot of pain and people are feeling lonely and there's a lot of suffering. But that's like a little bit. It feels like there's a lot of love songs. Did you get any vibe of like, so I got the vibe of, you know, the last album being quite spiritual. Was was there Mm. any of the same in this one with the love songs? I felt like they were a bit deeper these ones rather than yeah i know we've talked yeah, yeah, about yeah. the wife rock thing before you know but um where you just big enough yeah. your wife but um which i'm all here for but. yeah yeah it's not like early 14 year old justin of like you know the constant gross little love songs that 14 year old clearly knows not a about. bit deeper like yeah definitely deeper um but still yeah it's a little bit strange i feel like to put martin luther king in there i feel like hey grace did martin luther king love his wife <laughs> I mean, he cheated on her, so I don't know. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, that's Wowie. a big thing. It's a big thing that he was like preaching all this stuff and wanting equality and civil rights, which is different to. Yeah, yeah I don't think this really distracts was, like, from his, his overall. It's message. different. Yeah, you know, it's not like. <laughs> no, I don't believe it but anymore. That's it. He would. <laughs> it's like. <laughs> I had a dream. I had a nightmare. <laughs> I had a dream. But um, and it was apparently, about you yeah, when he was traveling around. <laughs> Um, but yeah I mean let's not you know throw out the baby with the bathwater he did a lot of great stuff all of a sudden Grace all of a sudden (laughs) I tell you what right you lead the civil rights movement Matt (laughs) (laughs) okay Um, okay well but yeah he did also you know Mm -hmm. gallivant around when he was travelling to these different places you know um but yeah, so it feels a little bit strange to just be chucked in there. But yeah, and you know, Justin, you're still you're still doing a, a whole thing, so it's all good. Um, but yeah, I love this album. There's a couple of fillers towards the end with, for me, songs like Peaches, Love You Different, Sorry Adam, oh. Ghost. I feel like a couple of those towards the end are a little bit album fillers. Every album's got them. You've just got to, you know, pad the album out a little bit. So you're chucking some ones that are less, you know, thought out than others. It's fine. We all do it. Yeah. Um, but there are some absolute bangers on here. Um, obviously, some of the, the more better known ones. Hold on. Anyone. Absolute bangers. Holy. An absolute vibe. Um, off my face. A weird kind of concept going on in that song, but I like it. I enjoy it. Um, it's like a weird version of Beyonce's Drunken Love. But still a great take off my face. Great. <laughs> Love it. Um, Another Scouse hit right there. I'm off my face. <laughs> off my face. Um, yeah. So... Just all in all, a great album. A weird contrast to reggae. Um, but I'm here for it. I'm enjoying it. Justin Bieber's doing great stuff. He's always been a very 
palatable sound. His voice is very easy to listen to. It's very versatile. Um, and it sounds great, right? And I'm, His voice. It does. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. He's a very good singer. He always has been a very good singer, which is why he became so famous so young. Um, And there is still an element on here, like with the Purpose album, there's still a little bit of an element of him talking about how, you know, he can't just have a normal life and he just wants to have a normal life. And, you know, even though he's got all this huge fan base and all these people around him, he still feels lonely and, and segregated and isolated. Um, Do you think it's yeah, that hard? I'm loving this vibe. Like, I know it's hard, but... You can disappear. I don't know, you know. I I don't know. I think it would be really hard to just... You can't have a normal life, can you? Well, the thing. You can't just go to the shop like, oh, I ran out of milk. Nice. Well, you can't just pop to the shop, grab some milk. You're constantly under scrutiny. Oh, so sad. And Someone stuff. has to get your milk for you. <laughs> no, but like the stuff that you and I... Like, we make mistakes all the time in our lives. We do and say stupid stuff but it's not publicised for the world to see and held against you. And you know what I mean? He grew up with his teenage years. Every teenager is an absolute idiot. Mm-hmm. And he grew up with that being publicised and held against him. And he wasn't allowed to be a normal teenager making normal mistakes because he, everything was just, you know. I, you know. I, I don't, I don't, I mean... Could I, you don't have could to. I mean, could I mean, Justin, you know, it must be so hard for you. <laughs> you know, you still got all these ways, all these bodyguards, all this money, mm. you know, all these. Mm. Apparently there was a time when he was in Liverpool and he booked out the whole of Castle Street um, to go to a restaurant <laughs> and he paid for every restaurant to be filled up, right? But he hadn't decided what he wanted to eat and then he only picked one of them. You know what I mean? Crimey or whatever. Don't know. There's if you... not a lot to eat on Castle Street. <laughs> Don't know if you want Mexican or Italian. I'll have, <laughs> I'll buy both of them out for the night. You know. But anyway, mm. you know, maybe I'm just a bit, you know, cynical about. But this. I think there's got to be a reason why all these celebrities—they've got all this money and everything—but still, they end up with massive drug problems, alcohol problems, health, mental health problems, committing suicides. It's got to be. It's got to be. Yeah, I, I hear that. No, I do get that. But it's not like being a normal person would fix that, you know. No. No. But, you know, different challenges, isn't it? Yeah. Oh. But the music on this album. <laughs> yeah. Love it. Brilliant. <laughs> yeah, cool. Adam, what do you think? Guys, move over purpose. I've got a new favourite Justin Bieber album. Come on. <laughs> this, is, this is solid. Um, Yeah, what, what do we like? So... Just a lot of good, really good songs. Holy, Peaches, because it is a great song, Grace. Hold On, <laughs> Lonely, Loved By You, All Bops. On the Deluxe, Deluxe? Deluxe, not the colour album. <laughs> deluxe, on the Deluxe album. Um, there's a song called Wish You Would, and it's really, really good. Um, mm. It's not on the normal one, um, but if you've got the ability to listen to the Deluxe album, Deluxe. Am I saying that right? Deluxe. Why can I not? Deluxe. <laughs> Why am I obsessed with colour all of a sudden? All the paint. All the paint. At least I'm not saying this one. If you want to listen to the Jorex album. I always say that. <laughs> always. Say, and I never I never realise the difference until people are being like, <laughs> sorry, Mark. Why are you talking about coloured condoms? <laughs> and we all remember, Grace, that you got top of the class. Sticking the yeah. condom on, you know. Sticking on, sticking on the purple dildo. With the beer goggles. Thank With you very much. <laughs> Let's not forget. With How the could beer. we? 
<laughs> and she so, yeah, threw so, it like it was a lasso. <laughs> Bam. On. Like that ring toss game. Yeah. <laughs> um, Let's move so, on. Yeah. Let's move on. So yeah, uh, it's a shame that one's not on the on the standard album, but it's a really good one. It features Quavo, but you know, whatever. Um, his, voice, his voice sounds so good. Um, I like the instruments. I like the lyrical content. It's honest. It's reflective. In places, it's hopeful. Love it. Um, he seems to be in a good place with his faith and with his marriage. Uh, and this album reflects that, whilst also reflecting on on his difficult past. It it, it reflects on his or looks to his hopeful future. Come on. I like it. Justin, mate, you're an actual musician now, it seems. Love it. And I encourage everyone, watch his Tiny Desk concert, because let me tell you, the version of Hold On and that, the drummer does bits, the guitarist does bits, it's heavier, his voice sounds good. Watch, watch his Tiny Desk concert, seriously. Bits are happening. It's a happening all over the joint. Absolutely. <laughs> um, ding, dang, do. Really good. Solid, solid, solid album. Really enjoyed it. Brilliant. This is a great album, isn't it? Mm, for sure. I think um, I agree. Justin's vocals are amazing all over it. Too Much is one of my favourite vocal performances. And the layering of pop, you know, harmonies and stuff. Really great. Mm-hmm. As I Am, a beautiful song of worship. I thought both these albums were very spiritual, as I've already said. Um, mm. And the honest lyrics... And you know, I hate myself and I don't know why you care, but you take me as I am. That's beautiful, isn't it? Hello. Hello. Come on. And holy, I love the sound. I love the pianos all over this album. They're really, really great. You know, the half feel choruses where it kind of cuts out halfway through. It's very clever. It's a very clever idea. Um <laughs> Grace is just having a cough of it. Um are you okay, Grace? I'm good, I'm good. I'm eating my microphone so no one has to hear that. <laughs> um, and unstable as well, just honest and worshipful. Again, you know these things together, I just think are beautiful. And when we come as we are, you know, when we unite together in our weaknesses, anything's possible, you know, on this Easter weekend. Mm. But yeah, so I just thought it was a great album. Um, there seems to be like this weird so the first half of the album is quite like soft and ballady and then the second half of the album is like the weekends and it's all 80s style and the thing mm-hmm. that kind of cuts down the middle is this Martin Luther King monologue and it's like a weird mm-hmm. shift like I agree with Grace I don't know how that happened but maybe it's just like you know often like a traditional album you put your bops at the front and then you put your slow songs at the back <laughs> maybe this is just a different way of doing it and I'm kind of here for it because you're then concentrating for the early ones the soft ones and then you go into the big ones and it keeps you engaged you know I don't know mm. but a very very solid album you know very good from Justin Bieber very very good and there's only one question to ask really would you rather so I'm going I think that's hard yeah it it's hard. hard this week. I'm going Bob Marley. Not that hard for me. Hmm. <sighs> I would say purely on legacy, it's going to be Bob Marley. Mm. But I do like this. I mean, I, I think this is one of Bieber's finest albums. And I think in years to come, I think this will really be shown 
as a landmark in his career. Nice. I think. But but yeah, no, but I'd I'd go with Bob Marley. Do you think you'll listen to the um Justin one more than the Bob Marley one? I don't know. It's so interesting. Like the all these modern albums, do they have the the stickability of, of all these classic albums that we've listened to? You know what I mean? Yeah. And I suppose I suppose College Dropout's a, a good example of that because it's been long enough now. Like Kanye's album, people will go back to it. It's now it's now a throwback album because it's been like sixteen odd years, which makes me feel sick. But like, yeah. So I I think I think yeah, it's difficult to say in the moment. You gotta wait. You gotta you gotta give it ten years. Are people still gonna go back to it? I don't know. I don't know. But this is a a great example of a modern sounding album, isn't it? Like For sure. it's probably it's better than a lot of what we listen to this year. You know what I mean, Grace, which one would you pick? I don't know. It's really hard because musically they are so so different. Mm. But I guess if we're looking, for, um, no, it, um, it's hard. <laughs> no, I'm gonna go Bob Marley because it was musically brilliant as well as being so impactful. Mm. Yeah. And if someone's willing to, you know, assassinate you before you release the album. You probably should be no. Justin Bieber in a fight, you know what I mean? Mm. You know. Grace, what would you race the Bob Marley album? It's going to have to be high. I think I'm going to go 4.7. 4.7. Grace. Brilliant. Adam? I agree. I'm going to go with a 4.72. <sighs> Now, guys, there's a problem, isn't there? Because I've been rating things fives. Mm, you know, yeah. I gave put um, Superfly a five, right? And this is way better than Superfly. So I'm regretting some decisions. This I also gave you something do. You else go a too five. Hard. Well, didn't want to tell you, Grace. Living life in the fast lane. <laughs> <laughs> Eagles. I also gave Kanye a five. Yeah, I don't know why. Because it did have great, great singles on it, and it did sound great. <laughs> you need to think longevity. You need to think like, are oh, there going to be better albums? And there was always going to be better albums than Kanye. Yeah, but I do think it's the best sounding album of a generation. So that's a five. You know what I mean? All to be said. I think I've got to give this a five. Come on, you got to give him a five. <laughs> because it's just, it's just great, isn't it? It's just really great. And I think it's really strong. But I probably would have put the other two down a little bit. But, you know, I've got myself in a hole, guys. But let me tell you, there's no five albums coming for a long time now. So, you know, Ugh. it'll be a while, yeah, so... Although maybe that's just my opinion, Adam. I think you all like some. There we go. So, guys, it's time to quiz. Who said that? 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 Who said that?
and pieces. So we're going to play our first round of Who Said That? So Who Said That works like this. I am going to give you a quote and I'm going to give you three possible people it could be. Okay. You have to guess who said That's it. That's easier. Easy. Couldn't be that? easier. It, because Matt won last week's quiz. Don't forget. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Talk about yourself in the third person. Matt is running in the quiz. And Matt will do a great job. <laughs> Adam thinks so, this whole quiz should be in third person. <laughs> so here's the first one from Matt. I'm not doing this. That's the last one. <laughs> Matt says... <laughs> Are you ready? Do you understand the rules? Ready, Eddie. So what I think I'll do is to make it fair. Well, you know, we're we're just gonna play. We're just gonna play. I'll just ask you both at the same time. There we go. Who's going first? Okay. Here's the first quote. I don't know anything about music. In my line of work, you don't have to. Was that? Could be everyone. <laughs> this is a, just a quote from me. me. <laughs> Was that Elvis Presley? Was that Jim Morrison? Or was that Axel Rose? Who said that? (laughs) Every time. (laughs) (laughs) Who's who's going first? Race. Wait, are we are we doing it that way? I didn't know. Right, right, you're both gonna give an answer so you don't have to like Thank goodness. You don't have to buzz in. I have got one. I've got an answer. (laughs) Adam, what is your answer? Locking in Jim your answer. Morrison. Jim Morrison, locked in. Okay. Grace. Well, it's Hold okay on. to go out different than Adam. This isn't going to win right. you the quiz. Oh, no, because no, it's not going to... It's gonna, okay. You can go your own way. Come on. Who was the third one? Axel Rose. Axel Rose. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm going with, Axel Rose. Mm. I don't think Elvis would put himself down like that. Mm. He's too proud. Well, it's interesting you say that because it was Elvis Presley. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> <Nah>. <laughs> can Sorry, you Grace. can you say that quote again, but in an Elvis impression, please, Matt? Oh, I don't. <laughs> no, I, <can't. laughs> I don't know what he I just have a drunk. And slightly spot on. The... <laughs> you just go really low. In my line of work, you don't have to. You know, that's my. Uh... There you go. <laughs> Are you ready for the next one? Ready. It's nil-nil. Or we could say it's one-nil to Matt. No, we couldn't. Oh. oh. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, we couldn't. Shaking it up. Jazz. Not one, people nil. Sorry. Jazz is not dead. It just smells funny. <laughs> What's that? Miles Davis. Fr- Frank Zappa. Or Jamie Cullen. Oh, and that'll be the last time he gets mentioned on this podcast because he's a whop. Care, careful <laughs> from the Jamie. He's dead small, isn't he? I don't like him. Why not? Just hate the way he looks. <laughs> I just want to punch him in the face, man. He's just dead annoying and cocky, and nah. he, do, he does have a bit of a punchable looking face. Sorry, Jamie, if you're listening. Would you like me to do? An impression of all these three in their accents. <laughs> How they would so, say? I've got an answer though. Who said that? Because my Miles Davis might be very good. Well, I feel like you want Jesse's that dead. He's got the maddest voice, man. I'm not doing any more impressions. <laughs> um, 
So who said they had an answer? I have got an answer. Awesome. What's your answer? Um, it sounds very weird and off the wall, so I'm going to say that's a Frank Zappa quote. Mm. Grace. Miles Davis. Adam is 1-0 up. Well done, Adam. Frankie boy. Bit of Frank Zappa. And light skip. <laughs> done already. <laughs> okay, so it's all on this. Final quote. Can Grace bring it back to go to a tiebreaker? Or will Adam win 2-0? Here's your quote. Blah, blah. Woof, woof. <laughs> Blah, blah, woof, woof. Yes. Blah, blah, woof, woof. Uh, uh, What's that? John Lennon. What's that? Bob Marley. What's that? Jimi Hendrix. Now, I'm not going to do a Bob Marley impression of this quote because it will be very racist and not appropriate. (laughs) Blah, blah, woof, woof. (laughs) <laughs> just as all repeating it trying to get the most meaning out of it blah blah woof woof <laughs> blah hey Grace what were the I'm going to make you go first oh what go on Adam what are you going to say what were the options again John Lennon yep Bob Marley right Jimi Hendrix okay <sighs> Grace give us an answer no I think it's not Bob Marley Mm-hmm. I think it's either John Lennon or Jimi Hendrix. It sounds like a stupid thing that John Lennon would say, according to you. You know, nothing good comes out of his mouth. And I was thinking it sounds like something that Jimi Hendrix would say because he was just the maddest human. I mean, the worst. Was, the, not was he a human? Oh. Um, well, but then it's also something that John Lennon would say. I'm going John Lennon. Mm. Brilliant. I'm going to go with Jimmy. <laughs> oh, for goodness sake. Well, I can tell you. No care balls here. Adam has won two now. <laughs> the king of quiz? This is the worst quiz in the world. <laughs> Come on, Grace. I tried to dumb it down. You know what I mean? Hey. Wow, wow. So, that was our first ever game of Who Said That? 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 Brilliant. So good. Well, well done, Adam. Thank you. I'd like some predictions from you, Adam. Mm. How far in the quiz do you think you'll get before Grace gets a point? Clean sweep. (laughs) (laughs) Whitewash. Undisputed. I think that did happen the last time it was Adam and I. I think he did win every single round. Undisputed. Get Paul Heyman in here. 
Get me a promo. The undisputed, unchallenged, you undefeated are champion of the world. The worst. You are the Brock Lesnar of Albany, you know. You better believe it. The big dog's Brilliant. here. <laughs> Grace, do you dispute that? I mean, you can't. some of us are more filled with pride than others. Some mm. of us are more humble. Some of us have earned that pride. Through being brilliant. <laughs> There's no earning It's not an no. ego if it's earned. You know, you know what? <laughs> not an ego if it's justified. Ego if it's earned. 100%. I'm not confident about many things. Put, put, put some maths in front of me. I'll crumble like a little flower. <laughs> However, <laughs> this. Ask three mine. quotes and Adam will do a good job. <laughs> my zone, my jam. Come on. Well, there you go. Well, you know what come what pride comes before, you know? More more victory. <laughs> I wouldn't know me. Never fat. Always rising. Imagine who's this cocky and narcissistic in real life. Can you imagine? You that's no, not, but like imagine. Hey, they're not our friends, I can tell you. <laughs> but do you know what they are? They're drummers who don't who, who sit behind the, the click, is what they are. Yeah. So funny. But you're over it, so it's okay. I could never be over it. I'm not over it because Matt <laughs> thinks he was like a good drummer. I do think he was a good drummer. He there you go. Style. That's why I can't be over it. <laughs> if he's good, what does that mean? That makes me crap. No, no, listen. No, oh, no, whatever. No, right. I don't know. I did just rub No, me just up different. Wrong, right? We're all different. Yeah. There's no better or worse. I thought he was a good drummer. I'd never pick him as a drummer to play in my band. It wasn't my vibe, you know what I mean? A steel drummer's a good drummer, but they're different. I would pick them. <laughs> Samba, different. Amazing. Yeah, come on, Adam. Pick yourself Sorry. up. We've gone Pick from the steel drum. We've gone from the lowest to the Just highest yourself. to the lowest. Yeah. This is how I live my life, the extremes. Wow. Would you like to know what next week's albums are? Yes, please. Come on. So, no messing around. And just before we carry on, Grace, there's probably a non explicit version of this that you might want to check out. <laughs> but we're going NWA straight out of Compton. Whoa! Massive album, big boy, shifting. Was that not a film? Yeah. Yes. We can watch the film. Was the album written for the film, or was it just? No, no, no. The film was written about the NWA's uh, life. Yeah. Ice Cube. Yeah, the film is like quite recent, like the last five years. uh, Yeah, the the NWA album, if I remember right, is from nineteen eighty. Eight or eighty six, something like that. Eight, I thought it was nineties, mad. No, I don't think so. So we're going early beginnings of rap. Come on. Mm. And if like, we if street rap and like gangster rap almost, I think is what this If is. you like run the jewel, right, when we did that, <laughs> which I did, I think you'll like this. So we'll wait and see. But I I did not. <laughs> well, I you just, might not I like just this. want to say Grace, you're really in for a, a great, a great, a, wild a ride. great ride, especially track two, which I want to say the full name, but we'd have to put an E on the podcast. And we've actually, this has been quite a clean podcast, so let's let's not spoil mm. that one. It's been a, Keep it clean, it's been a clean episode. But um, if you do listen to the clean version, the, it may just be three minutes of silence. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> but um, anyway, and you, I'll give you my rating right now. <laughs> 
Just off that review. Come on, right. This is something that would... give us a pre-rating, Grace. Zero. Point one. <laughs> ah, so wrong. Well, this is only going to deliver then because there's no way you're going to get this to zero point one. <laughs> you know. So we're comparing Straight Outta Compton to Whack World by Tierra Whack. Right. And <laughs> don't look at me like that. This you come up with this crap. This no, don't do this. This is one of my favorite rap albums. Brilliant. And it's not even that recent. It's from 2018. But I like it that much that I had to bring it along to Elvinina. Do you want to know one positive about the album, Grace? <laughs> Please. There are 15 tracks on it. And every track is one minute long. Oh. That's what I like to hear. It's a 15-minute album. Come on. Come on. So I'm winning on that point. With no more spoilers, go and listen to Straight Out Compton and Whack World by Tierra Whack, which sounds funny when I say it. Tierra Whack. <laughs> Tierra Whack. Um, brilliant. Has anyone got any other business? Anything they want to say? Anything uh, to add? hope you had a beautiful Easter weekend. Mm. You did this last time, Grace, where you felt under pressure to say something, even if you didn't have anything. <laughs> <laughs> so just started telling people that you... Gather around, you children. had a great time. Gather around. <laughs> Brilliant. Good stuff. Well, thank you so much, guys. And thank you for listening. One of one and all. Uh, nice. Why don't you subscribe to the podcast if this is your first time? Go follow us on Instagram. That's where we do our business. At El Vanilo is our handle. Mine is at Matt Courtney Music. Adam, your handle is? Uh, Adam Courtney 95. Brilliant. And Grace, your handle is? At Grace underscore Salmon. Brilliant. Go grab a t-shirt or a hoodie, 50% off on Teespring. Brilliant. Uh, please le- leave us a positive review. You know what? Have you been leaving us a positive review? You're a you're a good friend of El Vanilla. Mm, absolutely. You're a friend of ours. You're um, a vanilla bro. Come on. Uh, and the best way to help the podcast is by spreading the good news. You know, mm. a lot of good news was traditionally spread on this weekend, this Easter weekend. <laughs> it's a good news weekend. And this is just the latest episode of that, you know? Absolutely. The gospel according to <laughs> and yeah tell your friends bring them in on the convo we'd love to uh chat more and we'd love to listen along with you so have a great week and we'll see you soon bye to that